Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week, we travel to Bulgaria. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week, we take you through a different country's national final and pick the cherry that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites. And at our live event, we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. (laughs) Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm really good, Monty. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Feels like ages since I saw you. Yeah, I went to the fridge, got us drinks and came back. (laughs) (laughs) Although you listeners have had a whole week of life. Yes. (laughs) In between that time. Life, oh life, oh life. (laughs) It's like Narnia, this podcast. You get lost in time. I'm not in the back of the closet, though. Who's Mr. Tumnus? Oh, who's got the hairiest legs? (laughs) (laughs) I got a a hairy bum. No, I can't say that. Couldn't say that on radio, I just did. Anyway, I just did. (laughs) (laughs) So, we are in Bulgaria tonight. Now, you might say, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. (laughs) Bulgaria had an internal selection. Well, yes. They did. They did. But they also had a show in which they played all of the songs live. So we are saying that we can choose one of those to be our second cherry for Bulgaria. Hurrah! Yeah! It also means that we can pan it out a bit because there aren't any national finals this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not, although we're not scraping the barrel because, um, well, we'll oh, no. come on to find out. It's, yeah. uh, it's a chance to do Bulgaria, a country we've not done yet. On Second Cherry. Not on the podcast. We have had Bulgaria in Second Cherry in its previous carnation. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and also quality of songs. So, yeah. Well, so, should we start? Let's. Bulgaria debuted in 2005 with the group Kaffa singing Lorraine. Lorraine in the rain, in the rain with Lorraine. <laughs> it failed to qualify. It, it was rubbish, to be brutally frank. Rightly it was so. a terrible song. 19th with 49 points out of 25 semi-finalists. Oh Remember, there was God. only one semi-final in those days and only 10 songs qualified. So, yeah, some good songs got left in the semi-final. Lorraine was not one of them. No, it's like a Sade song. Yeah. Like it, a from a 90s pop, funk, funky soul pop. I don't know. It's a bit weird. Yeah, we never want to listen to it again. <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> they have participated 13 times. Uh, they sat out in 2014 for financial reasons. Ooh. And in 2015, they did apply preliminary application, but they later withdrew it. And then also in 2019, they withdrew because of financial difficulties. I mean, it is tough, actually, on some of the small broadcasters, really. You know, they have a participation fee to pay, which is proportionate to their size. Um, so that's kind of fair. But then they've got all of the cost of being in the country, anything they want to bring to staging, you know, if they want to, they want to compete with some of the big guns, then, you know, they might want to bring something special on stage. And, you know, 
the hotel costs for the vacation, and they're semi-finalists, so they're there earlier than the yeah. big five, say. You know, they've got that extra burden. If you're in the first half of the first semi-final, you've got over two weeks minimum in the country. Mm. You know? they, they, they have to get creative, don't they, how, where they finance the the project, really. And I think, that, I mean, this year they did, they've, um, well, with Victoria, because they... They've got you voting on a particular website, yeah. <laughs> a sponsored website. So, yeah, they, you have to get creative. It is, yeah. it is expensive. Yeah. Their best record was in 2017 when Christian Kostov reached second place with Beautiful Mess. But very well deserved, I think. Cracking well. song. It's a brilliant His song. His vocal was exceptional. Yeah. For such a small lad. Uh, his voice was incredible really very experienced I mean he was young but because he'd been a child star and been singing on TV talent shows from a very young age he was actually one of the most experienced live performers of some of those artists who were there particularly those who maybe come through talent shows and only just won or were you know only in the first couple of years of winning you know he had a lot of experience on them so I'm not surprised that you know that showed on stage before that, um, Polly Genever, who we absolutely love, was fourth with uh, If Love Was a Crime the year before, 2016, on their comeback, actually. Mm-hmm. So those couple of years off really helped them to regroup and think about what they wanted to do. Their best success has been since they came back. Um, just like Portugal we were saying, actually, in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, you know, they took a year off to regroup and they came back and they won. Yeah. With Salvador. But so. also with Bulgaria, they really, really want to do well. Yeah. So when they do participate, they give it their all and that's expensive. So that's why I think they probably do need some time out. Um, I think it's probably a wise move. Like, mm. why water yourself down? Do it do it, and do it well. Yeah. If you, if you don't feel like you've got something to bring in a year... Then maybe taking that year off and having this as a you know a longer project to try and find just the right song for the following year is maybe not not a bad thing. Mm. Um, previous to that, they did have a fifth place in two thousand seven. Alita and Stoyan singing "Water" or "Vada," um, great song. But in the first nine years of Bulgaria participating, before they took that couple of years out. This was the only time in nine attempts that they actually qualified. Mm. So, you know, I'm not surprised that they went, do you know what? Maybe this isn't for us. I'm glad they came back, though. They brought some really interesting things since they've, they've come back. So let's talk about the national final in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there was no national final, but as we said, as Victoria was confirmed as the artist and the way that she presented the songs and you could choose what you, or you could suggest and vote for what you wanted, uh, the result of which didn't matter because I think she, they chose, the team chose the song anyway, but she presented the songs and you could vote. So there you go. She performed them live with it on a show which was well we're not sure a rooftop in Sofia we think <laughs> and uh, on the 10th of March that was and she performed five songs live um, and the winner was announced and that was Growing Up Is Getting Old but before we get on to that the it, it's interesting how they set this up so 
the five songs were from her EP, which is called Little Dramatic. And so it's very much like trying to piece together her music career with Eurovision. And that seems soothing to say, but it is, she is really aligning, this is my career, this is what I do, this is my music, and this is how I'm going to present it. And I just happened to kind of thread Eurovision into that. I quite like that approach. I think it's the right approach for her. I think this is really clever. It's a really good marketing move because, you know, she'd been selected the year before. We had one song from her. Obviously, it was cancelled. She was given the gig again. And so she's like, well, here you go. These are my candidate songs. I'm going to let you hear them. There's the single I've just put out, plus the five tracks on this EP. And, you know, listen to them online. Let me know. Vote for them online. It doesn't count. But, you know, gives us a bit of feedback on what people like. And... You know, she showcased her new material. I think that's really clever. I think, you know, I remember Lena did that when she came back to defend her title (laughs) um, after she'd won in 2010. And in 2011, she came and basically went, these are the 10 songs. And it was every track on her album. So she got to play her entire album on primetime TV, which was webcast to an international audience that were her captive fans. I think it's really, really clever. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's, why would you not do this? It, there's there's different ways that you can do the the Euro, skin the Eurovision cat, so to speak. <laughs> and I think this is a really good way. And I think there's, the artists could learn from this sort of approach, actually, mm-hmm. and how it sort of uh, yeah feeds into the business of music. Yeah, yeah. So growing up is getting old was selected as Victoria's song, and at Eurovision it came third in its semi with two hundred and fifty points. And in the final came 11th with 170 points, which I think was probably about right, actually, uh, given the competition this year. I think she could be quite pleased with that. But Monty, was this the right choice? We'll come on to the songs in a minute, but was Growing Up Getting Old the right song for her for Eurovision? I think it probably was. Um, but without getting on to the songs, I think... They could have said pretty much any one of these songs and probably got around about the same result. There's a standard, shall we say, across these songs. They are all of a style. They're all of a quality that is quite similar. And in some ways, there's not a great deal of differentiation between them. So I really think she could have probably sent any one of those songs and it would have got around about the same results. But I think it probably was the right one to send. Okay. Yeah, I think I agree. I think there's a couple of songs I think they, I definitely wouldn't have sent because I don't think it's Eurovision-y. But, um, well... What's Eurovision-y, though? Well, Mona Skin? No, no, no. Carola? Uh, when, when I say what's Eurovision-y is um, what I look at what people are going to vote for because you can mm-hmm. have a song that's really quite good. In mm-hmm. fact... The the first song up that we're going to talk about is my favourite. I ne I I I wouldn't have necessarily selected it for Eurovision because I don't think how are you going to present it on stage? How is that going to connect with the audience? I don't know. I I kind of get a general idea about you. I don't mean like you know it's got to have a key change or you know. I just think this is just a really good song that doesn't quite fit with the mould of Eurovision. Uh-huh. Because it comes with lots of things, yeah. you know, uh, attached to it, like six people on stage and da da da, and all that sort of stuff, yeah. isn't it? So, so yeah, 
That's that's what I think. I see. I get that point. I just was challenging a little bit about, you know, what is a Eurovision yeah. song? Because actually, I'm not sure we can pigeonhole anymore. Not a Eurovision song, maybe, but Eurovision staging, or a song that can be staged in a certain way. Yeah. That's kind of where we're going with it, maybe. Yeah. Before we get on to the songs, though, let's just play Growing Up Is Getting Old, Victoria's Eurovision entry. So there we go. Victoria. I, I do like that song. I do. I think it's just, it's gorgeous actually, especially when you think the subject matter is about her her dad. And um, yeah, kind of really into that. I like it. I think I did prefer Tears Getting Sober from mm, last year. I think sure. that had some kind of magic about it. It had a real sparkle to it. And I think it would have done better than this year's song did. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. But we've got other songs to discuss, Monty. So let's get into it. So the first song of Victoria's selection that we're going to discuss is called Dive Into Unknown. Dive into unknown. Unknown what? I think that needs a definite article there. I think it should be dive into the unknown. Yeah. Or, or if maybe it's... Um, Which is ironic. Dive into unknown. <laughs> <laughs> it's ironic if it needs a definite article because the whole point of it being unknown is you don't know what it is. It's indefinite. Yes. But I think it does need a the. Or unknown is... Should be being used as an adjective there. Yeah, dive into unknown swimming pool. Yes, unknown <laughs> territory, <laughs> unknown whatever, something unknown, <laughs> unknown, not known thing. <laughs> yeah, so not an adjective. It's a it's a noun. We need a noun. Yeah, we need a noun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But what did you think of the song? Right. Well, yes, this was my personal fave of the lot. Just personally, I just love it. As I said, I wouldn't necessarily have selected it for Eurovision. Lyrically, it's packed with sort of emotional stuff, content. Um, and the, the melody is really, really interesting. The way it sort of slides around. I, I, I really like it. Um, vocally, it's haunting, which is uh, Victoria's thang, that haunting voice. And I suppose we've mentioned it before in the podcast, and I just want to just bring it up again about the comparison with her voice and Billie Eilish because it's it we've got to talk about it because it's not just oh she sounds a bit like Billie Eilish it, it's a she's used Billie Eilish as a real blueprint in terms of 
the way she ends the phrases of her lines and, and vocal, the way that the way the music's written, it's kind of got the sound can be a bit distorted, and there's just so many similarities musically. And I, I, I just feel like maybe this is the time in the first one we should just stop and just say, what do you think about that? Because personally, I think it's it's okay to use somebody like that as a blueprint as long as you use it as a stepping stone to move on to and try and develop your sound in in new in new directions i don't know what you think i guess it treads that line between being a homage and being a copy mm. or being influenced by and just producing the same thing um i think for me there's a little bit of if i think of Billie eilish i think of her as a more authentic artist in the sense that I think she has a bigger role in writing her songs. I know she doesn't write them all, but I think she has a big role in the in that and she's more of an integrated artist in that sense. Whereas Victoria I think is a vocalist who likes that style. And I know she has a writing credit on several of these songs, but I'm not sure, and it's a genuine don't know. I'm not sort of casting any aspersions. I don't know sort of what influence she actually has um, on that. I wonder sort of how much these songs are being written in by songwriters who can write a song in their style of for Victoria mm. and how much of it is actually her own authenticity in it. I think they did a songwriting camp. I think it was called like the Black Sea where there was songwriting camp. And I think... I don't know what goes on in these songwriting camps. I think they're a bit of a hit and miss. I think some songwriters detest them, some obviously participate in them. But I think what I probably, what she probably gets from it is that she gets to work with people and they get a flavour of her. She gets a flavour of them. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like rubbing off on each other. And then these are the songs of what, what's kind of, you know, made Mm -hmm. from those connections. So I, I think she's probably, if nothing else gives a vibe off to songwriters, and becomes like a muse for, for them. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting way of looking at it. You know, I think that's that feels a little bit more involved than, you know, turning up and going, can I have 10 Billy Irishes, please? Yeah. And then go, right, I'm going to take these five. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't think it's that, though. I, I think she, she is a musician. She does she does understand her craft, but I think she, she just needs a helping hand, like all musicians do, mm-hmm. where you're lacking, you bring someone in to help you with this and the producer knows how to mould this type yeah. of sound. So yeah, I think there's definitely that going on. But It'll yeah. be interesting to see where she develops because I guess, you know, true artists have a vision and then they evolve and they change and they're constantly wanting to learn and progress. Um, you know, if she follows another trend after this, it, you've got to kind of question you know, where that, that's coming from. I mean, I think she's very good at what she does. You know, she's clearly a really good singer, um, can interpret a song um, really well, but there's a bit of, you know, sort of variations on a theme yeah. here for me. So when I listen to a song like Dive Into Unknown, I think, you know, it, it, there's an introspection and there's a languidness that's present in, a, in a many of these songs that in, in the selection. There's similar instrumentation. So, you know, there's a, there's a distinct sound. There's a distinct style that she has, which on the one hand is good. But I think sometimes when you're listening to a group of songs back to back, it becomes 
I find it a little bit difficult to distinguish them from one another. I do like this, though. I think there's some really nice piano parts mm-hmm. in this. I like the theme of kind of, you know, you're letting go and, and literally diving into the unknown. Um, you know, there's, but there's something positive here. She's talking about, you know, there being a warmth in her finding her way back home. Um, and like an iris growing in the, in the beauty of the storm. So within that unknown, there's something to pull you in be, for a positive reason, you know, or an optimistic reason there. Yeah. So it's not just, it's not as bleak as the sound perhaps makes it feel when you first listen to her songs. And I think that's probably the point of difference that she does have from Billie Eilish is that she does this melancholy, but with a optimistic slant, mm-hmm. which is what Tears Getting Sober, her 2020 entry that was cancelled, she... That had that, and I think that's that's very much like her playbook. She she wants to get dark and deep, and but not doesn't want to everyone just to just feel horrible. She wants to kind of like give people a way out. It's really interesting actually. Yeah. She does that. I hadn't really thought about it, but there was something she said about her being more of an introverted artist, and I I tend to think anybody who you know puts themselves forward for. A big spectacle like Eurovision, you know, at some level is a bit of a show off, you know, um, and I like that. I mean, I, I'm a little bit of a show off. I'd like to sort of, you know, I like to be in that platform and, you know, hold the limelight a little bit. Um, so I was surprised, I think, when I, when she said, oh, I'm, I'm actually quite much more of an introverted person. But actually, it is, it's all there in the songs. I mean, there's a lot of introspection um, throughout all of these tunes. Mm, yeah, for, for someone so young, she very much understands herself, it seems. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, you kind of think, gosh, you had all of this heartache by that time in your life. Mm. You know, are you are, are, are you, I mean, are you channeling the heartache? Yes. Or yeah. The emotion, I don't know. I mean, I hope so. I hope she's had a bit more, <laughs> you know, luck in love than the songs would lead us to suggest. <laughs> um, but moving on to the second song, the second song is called Imaginary Friend. For me, again, there's a similar style here. It's a, the, I feel this is a little more melodic than some of the other tunes. It's slightly more um, up-tempo. It's, I really like the feeling of the lyric. It, there's, a, there's an ambiguity of it, and I quite like ambiguity mm-hmm. in, in a lyric. Um, so she's singing of kind of, oh, how can you miss someone that you never knew at all? And, and you, is, she, is she reminiscing on... On a fling or a brief impactful meeting that kind of, you know, never really went anywhere and the person's moved on, perhaps never to come back. And, you know, is it, you know, are you, are you fantasizing about what might have been or are you, are you projecting what you hoped might have been onto a situation that just wasn't there? Can I just say yes? Because I was going to say that. There's there's a couple of interpretations of this song, you know, but for me personally, um, it's very much what you just said. 
how I think uh, this song reminded me of uh, a guy I connected with in the past. Um, and I didn't know them that well, but I was, I had such a real attachment to them. Mm-hmm. And it kind of really got under my skin. I got really upset when I couldn't, you know, be with this person. But, you know, I can't really tell you why it affected me so much, but it did. But this song, when I first heard this, I was like, blimey, that is the nail on the head. Mm. I mean, I mean, I actually think that it's probably about like a failed friendship. Mm. And then that failed friendship is the imaginary friend is that, or were you ever there anyway? You know, it's, I think it's more that, Mm. but you know, different eyes, different brain reading it differently. I totally got what you just said then. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is. I mean, you know, we've all met those people that, you know, nothing necessarily has happened but you know in your head you've ran away with it completely and you know you're already choosing which curtains you're going to have in your second bedroom (laughs) when you get your house together you know and settle down it's uh yeah there's a there's a real ambiguity i think there's echoes of this as well for one of my favorite kate bush songs called never be mine um which again is kind of it's ambiguous about you know are you reflecting on a relationship that's sort of run its course and moved on but you haven't um, and this person will never be yours or are you reflecting on you know this she's reflecting I look at you and see my life that might have been and that is you know is that it, what if this could have been my life had the relationship not gone sour or this could have been my life in a different circumstance where we'd had any kind of relationship at all. Yeah. And I really like that, sort of that, that, that ambiguity of it. I have to say, I think Kate Bush does it better, <laughs> but I actually really, really like this song. Yeah. It was what I suggested actually she should take to Eurovision. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think I was wrong. And, um, especially when I saw the staging of growing up is getting old. Because I thought, oh, that, that, yeah, this was, that's more Eurovision-y. Mm-hmm. Um, imaginary Friend, I think, it's just maybe not quite as as well connected. But I love how it opens up in the chorus. Like, it's, I just love it. I don't know why, just just the musicality of it, it just moves forward. It's like a physical journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's a really well-written song, actually. Really beautiful. Really, yeah, really, really beautiful. So, on to song three, which is Phantom Pain. The mirror and cry again Next time maybe I will see myself To the mirror again Next time maybe I will see myself Monty, thoughts? Yeah, I kind of, I really like this. There's the, there's this little bit where there's some slightly indistinguishable voices at the start on the backing track and it gives it a slightly creepy feel to it. Um, she's got dancers for this in the live um, performance who are giving some contemporary dance around. So just sets the performance out um, a little bit. Again, quite introspective, but she's, in this, she's kind of, She's doing her own head in and she knows it because she she's trying to understand why somebody's left. But she's saying, I'm sick of wishing I would understand. So, you know, she she's so fixated on trying to work out 
you know, what's gone wrong. And she's what's sick of the, herself. What's the motivation? And she just can't seem to move on. And she's driving herself crazy because of it. And I, yeah, again, I think an emotion that we could all <laughs> yeah. you know, tune into. Um, yeah, I, I, I quite like this. I think it was slightly, slightly unusual. It, actually, going back to that conversation, this is probably one that I don't think would have necessarily worked so well at Eurovision. But, yeah, it's an interesting song to have here in the selection. Yeah, and I think this is where the comparison with Billie Eilish really, really comes in because it's just a version, not it's just, it's a version, I think, of Bad Guy, which is one of Billie Eilish's most well-known songs, the biggest hit. It was on the iPhone advert. Everyone everyone knows it. It's just that bass and the beat, and it, it's, it's so uh, Billie Eilish. This song, actually, I read that it involves the Sophia Philharmonic Orchestra, um, as does Grown Up Is Getting Old and the next song that we'll talk about. It's sort of, yeah, there's like an arrangement on it and stuff like that, which is, I thought was quite cool. And yeah, I get the feeling there's anxiety or depression over a breakup. And yeah, really well produced song, I think. Uh, solid song, but not vote grabby if you're going to send yeah. it to Eurovision. Yeah. So the fourth song is called Funeral Song. That's livening up the mood, isn't it? Life is a that makes you mad. You try so hard to make it count. That's why you feel. I I like this. I like the way this upbeat feel is sort of skewed, skewing a song that is actually about dying. Well, it's no, it's not about dying. It's what it is is Victoria is taking this point of view of her own life from her own funeral. Hence the funeral song. And she's sort of looking back. It's like a pensive look at life and how we could make more of it or how, you know, we have regret and what are we doing with ourselves. And I, I just think it's really clever because you think, oh God, here we go, funeral song. It's going to be like haunting, depressing, you know, but it's got an upbeat feel to it. It's really, yeah, skewed. It's jarring, but like in a good way. It kind of veers between melancholy and affirmation for yeah. me. Um, you know, the, she's, um, there's a, there's a nice image in it where she's saying, you know, she sings about, you know, herself, well, I'm just being honest. And then says, well, like, you know, I wish, I wish you had been in the relationship. I saw it more as a metaphor for, um, the end of a relationship. Um, and the funeral being of the relationship, yeah, yeah. which again is is the same theme as Vincent Bueno brought to Eurovision for Austria this year, and I thought that was quite an interesting perspective. Um, and she's, um, you know, she's saying, "Well, you know, I've already been through hell in the relationship, so you know, let this funeral, let's just put it put it to rest." Mm. This is, I think, is the most interesting of the songs for me. Um, I, there's just something really unusual about it um, and it stands out there's some really nice strings we've got dancing again a, a man doing a rather jerky 
dance routine um, in a sheepskin coat feels a little bit incongruous. It sort of you know feels a little bit more upbeat than some of it. As you say, there is that kind of, sort of ambiguity on it. I, I noticed that it's kind of it, it's the most she smiles all night when she's singing about a song called The Funeral Song. <laughs> and I don't know if that's kind of a bit of a metaphor for where Victoria is and, and her own life and the, you know, the way she's approaching the emotions she wants to bring in her art. Yeah. But I just, you know, oh, please have a nice relationship. Please, <laughs> please have something happy happen to you and sing about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it didn't work for Adele. Really did it. We would like when she was happy, she didn't release music. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. it's easier yeah. to sing about you know the you know the difficult emotions. There's far more material there than yeah. you know. Actually, popped out today, had a pint, went to the chippy, everything was tickety boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was song number four. Song number five is "Ugly Cry." Oh, Monty, we've all had a bit of an ugly cry. <laughs> or we've cried ugly. Either way. <laughs> Why does that sound rude when it comes out of your mouth? <laughs> yeah, what are your thoughts, though? Ugly cry. Um, I was, it piques my interest from the start. There's these pizzicato strings, and I really like it. There's something which just draws you in um, with that. You kind of want to see where where it's going. And also there's the dancers in this performance as well. So they kind of, you know, they move around. Quite a contemporary dance. And so it it feels as though this one's got a bit more oomph to it. But having said that, it's still quite languid. It still never really gets past mid-tempo. But, you know, we're we're getting there. This is, you know, this is happy territory for Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) Crying ugly. Ugly cry, yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, again, the, the theme is around, it's kind of, you know, you're presenting only what you feel are your the better aspects of your personality to a partner. You're trying to sort of, you know, keep the keep the pain inside and the sort of, you know, the silent screams to yourself and not show that side of yourself to 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 a lover. You know, which is probably doomed to failure. You know, mm-hmm. if true love and true relationships, you have to embrace the warts and all. So you have to see every aspect of somebody's um, life and their emotions and feelings but I think she knows that I think that's part of the reason that she's you know singing the song from that perspective of you know she's she's very aware that's what she's doing again another another interesting song for me the first time I heard it I thought oh you're stepping away from Billie Eilish now and you're getting into Ariana Grande territory <laughs> because this song is very much as you said the, the staccato or piccato pizzicato pizzicato mm-hmm. Um, strings like the dun 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 dun, and, and actually, it's very much like Ariana Grande's Seven Rings, which is like the dun 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 dun, dun, dun. And, it, and and I played it to you before, didn't I? Mm-hmm. And it's like bloody hell, that is just similar. But anyway, enough about that. I think the subject matter here is is a bit meh. I think it's kind of like, oh, do you love me? Do you hate me? I don't know. I, I feel like I don't connect with it. I mean, obviously, I connected to those other songs. There's no really connection for me. It's that kind of 
meh vibe. Um, but it's a perfectly good song. It's um, really well written, well produced. All of these songs are. And um, I can see why it's her single. You know, I think it's, it's, yeah. it's quite a good reflection of what she is, who she is, mm. what she's about. Yeah. And it's, I think it's, aside from the other songs, because it is a single in its own right, it's not one of the five songs on the EP. Yeah. Um, that Because they that was the other four tracks we talked about, plus right. Growing Old is get, um, uh, Getting Old is Getting... Whatever, whatever it's called. Growing, <laughs> Growing up is getting up. That's it, yeah. Plus that one. So there is, a, I guess there is a bit of a sort of a, a theme and a style to all of those five. And this is, um, this is slightly, um, different to that. But having said that, again, I'm just coming back to the fact that whilst I'm, I'm interested in all of these songs and I'm interested in Victoria as an artist, the songs in their own right stand merit. When you put them together, it, they kind of run into one another because the style, the style is so, so similar. Um, I feel as though I want a little bit more to break this up. If I were going to invest in listening to an album of hers or another collection of go songs to a concert. or go to a concert, I would want something to be different. Yes, I hear this and I know that's Victoria, that's her style, that's what she's doing. But give me a bit of variety. Hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think that's that's probably the next obstacle or the next thing in her career is how do I move on and my how does where's my sound going? Yeah, and how can I develop it and still stay true to myself? So it's interesting. It's worth keeping an eye on her. Yeah, because those true auteurs they channel in and they create a sound which is uniquely them which, you know, to an extent she is managing to do, but they progress, they push the boundaries, they challenge, they want to advance in their music. And I'm not sure at the minute I know where Victoria is going to go, which is interesting in a way for me as a, as a listener, because she could surprise me. But unlike some other artists, I don't think she knows where she's going to go yet either. Mm. Well, we shall find out. So before we get on to the song that we selected as the Bulgarian cherry, there's this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So hopefully you've listened to the show before and you know the concept by now. This is the part of of the show where we want to focus on something that makes us happy. Something that is just cutting through all of the... The, the rubbish that's sometimes out there in the bickering and something that is just positive. Yay. We have had this as a good thing of the week that is good before, but we wanted to acknowledge its return. It's a couple of weeks now, well, by the time you're listening to this, since we had the return of this, but we have another five to come throughout the rest of the year. So it's so probably in another couple of weeks before the next one. It's probably in another couple yeah. of weeks' time. <laughs> so you can get excited about the next one. It is, of course, Eurovision again. Yay. The rewatch of an old classic edition of Eurovision synced on a Saturday night with everybody tweeting along with the hashtag Eurovision again. Brainchild of Rob Holly and uh, a wider team now around him that helped to bring that. 
we watch the songs, we're able to engage in, a, in an online vote, and it's just recreating the magic of Eurovision. I especially like that the edition they came back with was an old edition. It was 1969. And I loved the way that the young audience that's around Eurovision now embraced this, joined in on Twitter and got to see a piece of our history and appreciate it. It was just absolutely joyful. Now, 1969, I think, was a good year because it was in colour. It was good quality. There were four winners, which we all know about. So people would be familiar with those songs. So there were more songs within this that people had heard before. So I think that helps pique the interest as well. But what I loved about this was that some classic songs just had new life breathed into them. And in the vote, well, we mentioned in our Portuguese episode a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned that, well, I mentioned that my favourite Portuguese song is Desvoliada Portuguesa by Simone de Oliveira from 1969. And it was a joy to share that with everybody who was watching. And in the vote, she came fifth. She came second only to the four songs that originally shared first place. So she was the next song. She moved up from second last to fifth place behind only those original winners. And I was just, this is justice for Simone. <laughs> yeah. This is fabulous. Um, you know, we know somebody who um, is her musical director, plays for her um, in Lisbon. So, you know, made sure to try and make sure, you know, get her, get this news to her, make sure she knows it, you know, that finally there's been justice of it. So we have five more editions ahead of us. We don't know what years we're going to get. Um, hopefully we will get some older years as well um, as some of the, the newer years, but an absolute joy to have Eurovision again, back again. Okay. <laughs> Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. Well then, that's that. And now this is this. So we've got <laughs> the announcement. What of, is it? Is, uh, this, is, is it this? It, this is it. Not that. Not this is it. This is, this is this it. This is it. <laughs> uh, it's the hammer. No, it's the real thing. So I'm, so I'm going to reveal my cherry. Well, we are going to reveal it. No, it doesn't make sense. Anyway. Gay cherries are. <laughs> Right, serious business. Right, and I'm just trying to remember what it was that we did. Okay, yes. So, uh, right, the pick anybody wants. Yeah, yeah, the Bulgarian cherry for this year is imaginary friend. Yay. And I think this was a unanimous decision across the team. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I think it was... Pretty much, or yes, it was. Was it unanimous or was it not? <laughs> it was pretty did much. Did we all agree or did we not all agree? <laughs> it was quick. We, we picked this really fast, actually. Yeah, yeah. 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 It seemed to be the one that stood out for us. Yeah. So, Imaginary Friend, the Bulgarian second cherry for 2021. So, 
that's it just remains to say please do get in touch we would like to hear from you whether you want to drop us a, a line or tweet us or send us a or send us an audio clip send us money or oh, don't take it <laughs> Send you. Send oh, me. Uh, no, don't do that. Uh, well, well so, no. some of you. <laughs> you can tweet us at Second Cherry. You can Instagram us at Second underscore Cherry. Facebook, we are Second Cherry Podcast. And you can email us as well. So email us at hello at secondcherry.vision. That is Matt. Hello. At secondcherry.vision. Vision, not .com. .com is for losers. <laughs> so do drop us a line. Send us your audio clips. Send us your saucy videos. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you're, you know, legally able to send us Yes, them. careful, careful, careful. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And we will be back next week. Next week. With a mystery episode. <laughs> with the... Country, a Eurovision-y. <laughs> no, no, we haven't decided what it is yet. <laughs> so tune in and find out. Thank you for listening. See you later. Bye. Bye.